interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of the Not A Robot Podcast's DC Comics Review Show. Uh, I hope everyone had a, a happy, enjoyable Thanksgiving. Uh, it's it's uh, It's been a little hectic here on my end, but uh, it'll, I think it'll be good to be back. But as always, I've got my amazing co-host here with me, Rob. Happy late American Thanksgiving. I did not think of an intro. How's it going? Folks? Yeah, great. <laughs> I, I, we can let you off the hook for this one. All right, Just, good. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> shape up next week, I guess. Uh, and Josh, of course. Hey, everybody. How's it going out there? Today on the show, we will be covering the Joker 2021 annual, Robin 2021 annual, Batman Fear State Omega number one, the Batman 2021 annual, Wonder Woman 2021 annual, Justice League Dark 2021 annual, Batman the Detective number six, Wonder Girl number four, Action Comics 1037, the Detective Comics 2021 annual, Teen Titans Academy number nine, the Nightwing 2021 annual, and Justice League Incarnate number one. Now, I'm sure I know what you're thinking right off the bat yes that is a lot of titles obviously we will not have time to cover every single one of those in detail so before we get into our main reviews we will have a bit of a lightning round so that we can at least try to address all the books that we want to before we finish up the show uh, as all we're gonna have one hell of a lightning round. yes yeah it's uh so it's it's uh it's it's like the marvel show you know we have a crap ton of books, but we get through them with, with plenty of lightning rounds. So just bear with us. We'll try and cover as much as we can. Uh, of course. Recording on a Wednesday, we didn't have a whole lot of time to get through them. No. So I don't know any comic news either. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have no comic news this week. Uh, but of course, make sure you stick around until the end of each episode to hear our top three books for the week, the biggest stinker, and to find out which titles might just make the dump list. But before we get going with the show, I just want to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who help out with a dollar or more a month. Thank you, listeners, too. You can, as always, like, download, and share our episodes so we get more listeners, bring you more content, and just have more fun. So you can get access to our Patreon and the rest of the Not A Robot podcast shows at notarobotpodcast.com. With that out of the way, I would say let's get into some news, but it sounds like we don't have a ton this week, so... Uh, what's got, what's new one, with you guys? I guess one thing: uh, Batgirl started filming. Ah, very cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, there there was a post of the first shot of the snap card. I don't know what they're called. The uh, the that thing with the date and whatnot on it before they started filming, and a little shot of oh, the, the set. clapboard. Yeah, the clapboard. That's it. And um, a little bit of shot of the set, which has a code book on it, coding. I, obviously, Barbara Gordon's been getting some coding. And her desk at uh, potentially GCPD, where it says Officer Barbara Gordon. So that's a little interesting. Nice, nice. Yeah. Indeed. Right on. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I guess let's go ahead and dive into them books because there sure as hell is a lot of them. And Brandon's got finals to take. I have I have life and school as all of us do. Well, I mean maybe not school, but. For for those for those of you listeners who maybe do have that, I'm sure you know the grind. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. Eats a lot of your time, and it makes you feel like shit. So, sooner I can get that out of the way, the better. But um, we can at least try and have some fun with the books this week, right? For sure. Absolutely. 
So we're going to kick it off with our lightning round, taking a look at some books very briefly, but still giving them enough lip service so that you know they're out there and uh, what our opinions are on them. So to kick us off, we'll be looking at the Joker 2021 annual. Josh will give us a quick summary of the book and uh, uh, some brief thoughts. So take it away. Uh, this one was written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Stein in the fourth art inside and out by Francesco Francavia letters by Tom Napolitano. This is just a giant flashback that goes way back to a time where Gordon had cleaned up the organized crime in Gotham and then started with the police force too. Meanwhile, the Joker started a few heists with some lower class sea villains like Catman. Then he goes big, plays a prank and a bunch of people are trapped inside pignatas. Ugh. It's an okay read, but I was hoping for something that actually tied into the story of Joker in Joker, that what that's what's going on. This honestly is a completely unnecessary read. The art is okay, but I think Frank Avia's art uh is I think it's better than his colors, but only by quite by, by just a little tiny bit. It felt okay, but this story also felt really bland to me. I walked away giving this a 6.75. I heard a few. Yeah. Well, it's I, I've only flipped through it myself, so but what I have seen, I I can pretty much agree. It seems a little bland and cookie cutter, and just yeah, not what we're expecting when we're at the height, at least what feels the height of the main story going on in Joker. Now, Brandon, you didn't get a chance to read this one, did I you? I did not. Uh, I <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, yeah, no. No interest whatsoever. I mean, I love Francesco nope. Francavia. I think flashback issues can be. Cool. I usually do too. Um, but I, I had no little to no interest in in reading this particular one. You did have interest in reading another. Though. I did have interest in reading another one, which is our our next issue, the Robin twenty twenty one annual number one from Joshua Williamson with art from Roger. Cruz, uh, inks from Victor Olazaba, and colors from Luis Guerrero. Uh, this is, I, I don't even think it's really fair to call it an annual. It's really more of a Secret Files issue. Uh, and basically gives us the backstory on, I mean, primarily focusing on Flatline at first, but uh, then gives us kind of the, the backstories on the various other fighters that we've met in the Lazarus tournament so far. Um, some cool reveals, I think. Yeah. Um, definitely some interesting stuff to chew on with regards to um, uh, to Rose Wilson and to, to Connor Hawk, our, our favorite Green Arrow, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, kind of continue some of the character stuff that they've been doing with Damien while also developing some of the uh, mysteries that are going on with the Al Ghul family. Uh, but I mean, really, it's not—it's not really an annual. It's—it's it's more of just a collection of of backstories and and you know um, information about like you characters. said, so, yeah, secret, secret files. files essentially. Yeah. So really, it should have just been called Robin Secret Files twenty twenty one. That would have been more fitting, would have been more descriptive. Right. So I don't think it was bad at all. Um, you know, fairly standard artwork, nothing that blew me away, but just kind of solid. I mean, if you want to know more about the fighters, this will entertain you. If you don't care. You know, you don't have to pick it up. So it's right there in the middle for me. I gave it a, a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I hit it with a 7. Uh, what, what for? Let me say what a goofy-ass but enjoyable cover. Mm-hmm. That was weird. Um, It wrapped up a bunch of the mini-secret files, like you said, 
the, it was great art, but I thought the content was boring. It was cool getting the info, but it was like a big info dump. Yeah, it's it's it probably, nothing. Probably should have got lower than a seven. Actually, n- nothing necessary. Again, unless you are you know incredibly preoccupied with discovering the origins of Black Swan, Double XL, Flatline, Drenched, and all the other characters, um, it's it's not very necessary. Yeah. At least right. some of the side characters. Most of the side characters only got like a one page spread, so that's yeah. Like, XXL seems like an interesting character. I don't even remember the drench from the main story, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but bigger characters like Flatline, Respawn, and Hawk, to get a backstory on that, I, I think it was really welcome. Especially with Hawk, because that's... Does anybody remember the last time we saw Hawk? It's in... like right before um, Cry for Justice, I think, or maybe right after Cry for Justice, where he had somehow inexplicably regained his memories after having them removed in the green arrow black canary story um and then you know had the had the whole thing where he was really trying to work with um what's her name um mia dearden the speedy at the time to basically get like oliver to calm the fuck down and and like not flip his shit because star city had been destroyed and we all know how that ended um but i I, what year was that yeah that was like 2010 i think um yeah, and I well, I did think there was something that was cool, something that they I, I I hope that they can delve into a little bit more, which is um, the brief moment where Connor seemingly is just like erased from history, whereas like in a flash mm-hmm. everything was removed, and then he wakes up on a beach, which yeah I, I think I think could make for a really cool story of all the characters that kind of got wiped away in the flashpoint and seemingly just yeah. reappeared, you know, and it's like. All this time they were gone, and and you know people didn't even know. It's like what what would that do to your mind? I think there's a cool story there. Yeah, well that that would bring us to I think three characters that have gone through that with uh, Connor Kent, Connor Hawk, and Bart Allen, I believe, and Wally West as well. So. <laughs> yeah, all the all the Connors. Yeah, yeah, yeah all the Connors. All the Connors. <laughs> Connors and Flashes. That's it. The downtrodden of the DC. <laughs> That's about all I've got to say about Robins, though. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've enjoyed the series. Mm-hmm. This annual was kind of a just. It was all right. Yep. All right. On to our next lightning round review. Unless Robbie had any more thoughts about the Robin annual. No. No, I'm pretty good there. Yep. Our next book is the Batman Fear State Omega. The I guess coda to the fear state event because we're still not done. Uh, but, right. uh, Josh, why don't you get us up to speed on that? All right. Written by James Tynan the fourth with art by uh, Ricardo Federici, Christian Dooch, Ryan Benjamin, Gillen March, Trevor Herzog, colors by Chris Sotomayor, letters from Clayton Cowles and a cover by Jamal Campbell. So there's three parts to this. Um, the first 20 pages or so are Scarecrow being transported to the hospital, has an attempted escape, and then Batman puts Scarecrow into the Batmobile and takes him himself. The conversation between Batman and Scarecrow come to a close when Batman starts giving a speech on how the future isn't scary to him or anybody else anymore. Then he drops Crane off at Arkham Tower and with Dr. Chase Meridian. 
Over in Eden, Ivy and Harley are really happy, taking a nap together. Catwoman and Gardner kind of get catty. <laughs> and Selena is there making sure that the part of Ivy is present, the one that she cares about. And as Catwoman leaves, Ivy rises and tells Gardner that she will have no say or play in what poison Ivy's person or future will be. Cut to Clown Hunter, who is approached by Batman. Bow reacts defiantly and rejects Batman's offer for training before it was even offered. And then Ghostmaker shows up and says, How about I train you to use a sword? You can't kill people, but you can hurt them really bad. And Bow goes, Hell yeah. Um, That's it. There was a lot that happened, but not a lot of meat to it. Really? There, the... There was a very there was a lot of smooth transitions between the artists, while a completely uneventful book. It looks fantastic for such a huge book, though this was way less than I expected. It could have been contained within a backup or a mini issue digital. This didn't need an, a full issue at all, let alone being displayed in such a big format as what Fear State Omega should have been. You just didn't need this issue at all. I am glad I got it, though, because it was sure nice to look at. It looks great, but it lacks substance in any form. 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, this this was really just a where-are-they-now kind of deal uh, with some small setups of the future. And Okay, so they put Scarecrow basically to be a player in Shadows of the Bat, as we'll talk about later in Detective Comics with Dr. Chase Meridian. But then they also turned around and take away the only interesting part about the Gardner secret files issue and that she implanted something into Ivy that would give her something to control. But Ivy's like, nah, fuck you. I'm not doing that. And now what's at the end of the story? Like, <laughs> where's that going now? Does she really just able to get rid of any conditioning the Gardner may have put in? So that, that's kind of disappointing. And I also found it weird that Batman's able to just, you know, just spill everything about how he's feeling with Scarecrow. And I, I get he's, He's a, a therapist, but it's Batman. He'll spend more time brooding and silent than he will talking with anybody, let alone one of his villains. So mm. that that I felt kind of awkward. Um, but like you said, beautiful to look at. Seven out of ten for me. It was it was very well drawn all around. Oh yeah, it was a, a, a seven out of ten, but a waste of five dollars. Um, because <laughs> yeah, I am probably. <laughs> never going to read this issue again at least at least not in the near future uh maybe i don't know maybe i i, I recently put out a kind of like a, it was it was more like a bullshit thing because i was bored and i didn't i was procrastinating i didn't feel like writing something i had to for class so i did like a a mini retrospective of the time and run because i was thinking about it i was like well we just read 32 issues what was the point like there had to be something right so I'm sure at some point when I do yet another retrospective of the James Tynan Batman saga, I'm sure I'll be forced to reread this. But as for now, it was kind of a waste. Like it just ties everything together in a, a flat and uninteresting way. I didn't care at all. Um, and and I, I was like almost struggling to keep myself interested. Now that I think about it, I'd probably put it like a six out of ten. Honestly, I feel like I was being nice with a seven. The art is very nice in some places, but I just my interest was not there. I was struggling to finish it where I yeah. just I didn't care anymore and and things that I think were supposed to feel more I don't know, 
genuine or, or deserved did not at all. Like Clown Hunter joins with Ghostmaker and you're supposed to be like, oh, wow, look at him. He's doing his thing. And I, all I could think of was like, wow, I really don't care. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it was it was it was a comic. That's it. <laughs> Save your money. I'd <laughs> yeah, say that. Too. Yeah. We are nowhere near done with Batman nope. at all today no we are not and in fact we are not done with any of the newer batman characters as the next issue that we will be looking at follows one of those characters exactly and that is the batman annual 2021 annual to be specific which rob will tell us all about right so this is another wrap-up from a james tynan the fourth creation with ricardo lopez ortiz also helping out with the writing duties this time around and also taking on all the art with colors from romulo fajardo jr and letters from clayton cowles so this is the finale to the ghost maker saga and we see him finally get to the tower on devil skull island he takes on his foes one more time taking down each one with impressive skill and he makes his way to madame midas who he also has a history with from his childhood he wins the day, and back in the present, he and Batman go off on another adventure. It's a very simple story, but also, I think, a, a nice look at his origin, his past, and kind of the whole point to this entire adventure. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't hate the ending. The art was nice, but left a lot to be desired. It's a little awkward at times. And I do like Ghostmaker as a character, but I wish the backups and the story were maybe a bit better constructed, because there was a lot of wasted time. As for this issue, I gave it an 8 out of 10. I enjoyed it for what it is. I just hope for better stories from this character. Because of all the James Tynion the Fourth creations throughout his Batman run so far, I think Ghostmaker's the coolest. And that is exclusively in a childlike manner. I think he's just badass. He's got swords. He's got weapons. He's got like his own... like. He's like Moon Knight Batman, Batman rolled into one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's He's just... He's so cool. And that's, that's all that is to me. So... <laughs> I'll yes. I'll give you that but Ghostmaker is a pretty cool character. Cool design. <laughs> cool design. <Yeah. laughs> it'll make a, a great what? I think one of the funniest jokes I ever heard is like it'll make a great McFarlane toy. It will. Oh, <laughs> oh, I would buy right. that in an instant. Yeah, but as for his actual characterization, well I feel like that's a matter yeah. of opinion. I mean at least when you compare him to all the other creations we've got, like Gardner and Bao and Miracle Molly, it's he, he seems the most interesting. Don't forget the designer. The de- oh, yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I think yeah. that the colors are absolutely fantastic throughout the whole issue, but I'm just, I'm not a big fan of this art style. Though I honestly couldn't stand the entirety of the Ghostmaker backup run. This ending was better than I thought it would be, but that wasn't a very high bar to begin with. Yeah. Uh, the pages I did like were the few that were about his origin. Uh, the group of villains were lame. The art was uninteresting. And, I mean, I think Ghostmaker could be a pretty cool character. I like that it showed he was, he's was he been screwed in the head since he was a little kid. And if we get more of this character in the future, I hope, uh, on a solo thing, I hope it is more of his backstory. Uh and just keep it grounded and not whatever the hell this was. And I'm, I know I'm still stuck on the laser shooting tiger heads, but <laughs> come on. 
but they're so cool. Yeah, I, even not. I even I can consent. That's that's a that's, that, that's just kind of that's like that's like a childlike version of cool. Like, I, I even I can be like, all right, that's that's kind of cool. That's that's kind of fun. Six point two five out of ten. Ooh. Yuck. <laughs> Those laser tigers to number one. <laughs> yeah. I, I did not read this one. I liked Ghostmaker as a backup. I did not have any interest in reading a, a full issue dedicated to him, let alone an annual. I may check it out at some point, but probably not. But I, I think it, should I ever see this character again, it would be in a much smaller capacity. I don't I don't need a series dedicated to Ghostmaker or anything nope. like that. Um, not really. Yeah. I can see him joining the Outsiders. Yeah, that'd be fun. You know, throw him in the mix a little bit, but uh, I don't know that he's someone that I would want to follow closely. Uh, next up is our Wonder Woman 2021 annual, which I, I don't. Are we still covering this one, or I have no idea? Yeah, I've got okay. it. Okay. Are you guys still there? Oh, yeah. yeah, I was. I was, I was oh, waiting for you to start. Okay. Really <laughs> yeah, Sorry, everything like... just went all quiet real quick. All right. You said, yeah, so like you said, Wonder you said Woman you annual. I was like, are you... Oh, okay. All right, go. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Oh, I'm glad I followed through on that one. Written by Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan, with art from Andy McDonald. Colors by Nick Filardi. Letters from Pat Brazeau, and a cover from Mitch Gerritz. Uh, while Wonder Woman is doing hero stuff, stopping a bank robbery with hostages, of course, like she was in the movies, we're introduced to a dude named Altum the Survivor. Apparently his people, the Anki, were the original inhabitants of Themyscira until the gods threw them out, of course. And now, <laughs> now they live on a submarine. They fight. He escapes by blowing up the museum that they were talking in. A few days later, he calls her on her cell phone and taunts her about the future of Themyscira. End of book. It was interesting. Way better than what we've had. Uh, it was very pretty to look at. And I actually dug it. I just hope that this doesn't turn into a very generic Wonder Woman story, which it very well could. But this issue, I gave an 8 out of 10. Yeah, this uh, this upcoming, I don't even know if it's an event or if it's an ongoing book, but it, it's getting interesting and exciting. There's threads coming from all over the DC universe. I'm, I'm excited for, what what's it, the Trial of the Amazons is called? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. and it looks like it's going to be a war between all three of the tribes. Yeah, plus a tribe nobody's ever heard of before. And mm -hmm. the, uh, the Yankee, they're called? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's... that's Technically, yeah, four tribes. Yeah. So and one of them's got dudes. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is going to be interesting. I, I, I enjoyed this story. It was uh, a bit slow at times, but that's what happens when you're in an art museum. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, <laughs> right. uh, it was interesting. I, I liked it. I'm excited for the future of Wonder Woman. And I, I haven't been a big purveyor of Wonder Woman in the past, but this is getting me really interested. Nice. Sweet. I did More not get a chance to check Woman this fans. one out, but uh, it sounds like uh, some interesting stuff. So hopefully, I'll get some uh, some extra time too, or extra time soon to uh, to give it a read. 
Um, and I, I do hope I suggest the, because it's a lot better than what we've had. That's good. That's good. And I, I yeah. you know, I, I do hope that the build up to Trial of the Amazons is is good as well as Trial of the Amazons itself. And hopefully that's that's better than the than previous Wonder Woman events, War of the Gods and Amazon's Attack included. Those are not good. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like birdcage liner. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> tell us how you really Yeah, uh, basically. Um, yeah, next up we have the Justice League Dark 2021 annual number one, uh, which Rob will also catch us up to speed on. Right, this is going to be very short because I've had a chance to flip through it, and that's pretty much it. So this is from writer Rom V and Dan Waters, uh, mostly from Dan Waters, uh, with art by Christopher Mitten, colors from Romulo Fajardo Jr., and letters by Rob Lee. Basically, it boils down to the JLD are recuperating after Merlin's actions in Atlantis, and they then receive warnings of future issues that might arise from Merlin and other players in the mystical field. Uh, it's kind of at least the, the the parts i've read seem a little off because we haven't actually got the last backup so it it might feel a bit off so because we don't know how it ends in atlantis with merlin we don't know where he's going from here but it looks like everybody leaves alive so <laughs> uh yeah so it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see we've talked about jld continuing after this rom v is taking a break from dc save his run on swamp thing and we have what's it, Dan Waters taking over. I say that like we're the editors and we're deciding who writes it. I know, let's face it, I mean, we fucking called it. I mean, basically, <laughs> yeah, I was, it's I not confirmed like, yet. But I, I literally, it literally like we Waters. were like a month ago saying that exact same thing of Dan Waters, yeah. perfect fit, already done Lucifer, and exactly. you know is friends with Rom V. They're in the same writing studio. Would make perfect sense to take over, and it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of stuff set up in this, so it's it's perfect. I, I, I gave this a 8 out of 10 from what I have seen. It's very interesting, and I, I can't wait to see what happens. I really hope something happens, and Dan mm-hmm. Waters the run writing it. Yeah. And I'm telling you, either we're like, when, when the three of us get together, we're like a psychic superpower, mm-hmm. or like the chief creative officer of DC listens to our show. There are only two possibilities. <laughs> we are the it happens fates. way too often. <laughs> to we are the that, three fates of lore. Yeah, I, I used to think that when I was a kid, except for Legos, because I felt like every time I would like design my own thing, I, I remember this vividly. There was um, there was a version of Anakin's ship from the Star Wars Clone Wars, like the 2003 version from Gendy Tartakovsky, and I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. that design because it had like the, the total tangent, but had like these like these twin turbines in the front and it looked really cool and i remember trying to basically make my own version of it and i had it and and i was like ah oh, it would be so cool if lego came out with their own version and i swear to god literally a year later they had that exact same fucking design <laughs> almost exactly the way that i had built it but just in a different color and i was like someone's watching my house you're gonna think i'm full <laughs> of shit I was like someone from lego is watching my house <laughs> Uh, there's a camera on every they just they know you're gonna you're gonna think i'm full of shit but i swear this is true my brother and i were we were ginormous ninja turtles fans as as small children and we had literally every toy that's all anybody got us for gifts or all we saved our money up for we wrote in a letter 
with some character ideas. And keep in mind, we were like eight or nine, nine or ten, somewhere in that area. And we wrote in a letter with the idea for a, a lion that was a king and used a sword. We wanted a ninja rabbit and um, uh, uh, and manta ray. And while obviously we're not claiming credit for Yusagi Yojimbo, I know Stan Sakai would he like did some get, words. He did get he did get brought into the Ninja Turtles universe. We got Braveheart the lion and the character Manta Ray. They sculpted it from some small children. Perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> I have a conversation with Stan Sakai the next time he's at near Comic Con or something. All right. <laughs> you stole my idea, you bastard. When I was ten, I came up with the idea of a ninja rabbit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. no. He, you, oh, uh, Yojimbo was out way before we had that. But I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I am saying, you know, he he was brought into the Ninja Turtle universe <laughs> in both comic and cartoon form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, Justice League, <laughs> the Justice League Dark uh, 2021 annual. I had um, I had really high hopes for this one, just because I. I was like, oh, I know they're bringing in Dan Waters, who's he's great at horror, and he's he's really great at kind of the more um, macabre thinking of some of the mystical right. characters, especially in in Lucifer, which I still need to finish. Um, so I was like, oh, perfect uh, fit. And and once I saw the cover for Mister E, I was like, oh shit, they're bringing back Mister E, or at least I haven't seen Mister E in a gazillion years. Um, not personally, right. of course. I mean. Well, I'm mean, yeah, actually I do mean personally because Mystery and I are best friends. We have coffee every week. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, it's yeah, no, it's like uh, I, I was really excited for this one, and and uh, it it didn't disappoint. I was I was just I found myself really interested in how this kind of sets up the future for the JLD, ties a bow on some of the Merlin stuff, as well as um, you know trying to trying to really craft a, a new way forward. And my hope is that JLD. You know, now that it's no longer going to be a backup, and Justice League will be able to claw its way back into a into its own ongoing title with uh, with Mister Dan Waters. But what we shall have story to see. wise, yeah, story wise, story wise, I really story I really wise, it's had one hell of a setup, one hell of a journey to get to where it's at, and it's a fantastic launching point that could take it in a great direction yeah i think they, they've uh, given rom v the chance to do that here's hoping and i've got faith in waters but i don't have faith in readers <laughs> jeez and call out you know what i mean and uh, well i mean honestly if you want to hear this if you want to read these stories do it more than once every six months because if you don't it's gonna end up with ten thousand readers again and the the, the line will get scrapped yeah, that's, I mean, that's sort of my hope is that this can reinvigorate people to pick up Justice League Dark again and be excited for that book and, and want to support it enough that it can maintain its own title for a while. But um, right. only time I mean, will tell. Look at it this way. We dropped the front part of the book and just covered the back up. Yeah. It's that good. If you haven't been reading it, start reading it now. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, again, it, it is... It, it became impossible for us to really even talk about that book anymore, not because it was bad, but because you can't, I mean, you can divorce the back from the front, but in terms of 
financially supporting it, you can't, right? So the only way you're right. going to get Justice League Dark, you know, in in uh, in, a, in a financial way is to continue buying Justice League, which, again, has kind of that adverse effect of you buy Justice League, that means that that book is going to do well. And, and you know, obviously some people have opinions on that. So my advice, yeah, make sure that this, that yeah, shit. my advice, make sure that this annual does well. <laughs> and I believe there is a, a collected version of all the backups coming sometime next year. Um, and I hope that one does well enough too. And if they haven't already brought back JLD by that point, then I'm sure one of the factors into bringing back JLD will be how that, you know, how that collected edition performs as well as how the annual performs. So, and whether or not Waters will write it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Really. There's nobody else that, that would fit right now. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think he's probably the best person you could get. And it certainly seems like he has a lot of passion for these types of characters. So. You know, let's mm-hmm. uh, let's do our best to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Indeed, he do. He yes. needs to get off the ground, but something else is coming to a close. Yes, yes. So for my score, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Um, I, I really dug it. But uh, our next book is a, a conclusion, rather, a, a series we'll be saying goodbye to. And uh, I, I feel somewhat satisfied in that. And that is Batman the Detective, number six. So I'm going to let Josh give us the final conclusion on that story all right well it's been a good run so far tom taylor you're writing by him pencils from andy huber inks from sandra hope colors from brad anderson letters by clem robbins cover by kuber and anderson well so this final issue is about batman deciding to be a better batman which at this point sounds a little too familiar right now That said, we start out with Equilibrium breaking her goons out of jail. Batman, Squire, and Ducard go to London to track her down. When there's a distress call with GPS in it that goes off, it's Ducard with the location of the White Knights. Batman shows up just in time, and they whoop the snot out of the bad guys. Ducard tries to shoot Equilibrium, and Batman saves her. When that is pointed out, she tries to blow her head off, but Batman saves her again. That drives her nuts. End of the story. It wasn't a bad ending. I enjoyed the run. It was, It. I guess it wasn't supposed to be a bombastic story or like a mind-blowing story. But it was slightly it's, lackluster. It was slightly lackluster, but it was a, it was a better-than-average average batman story if that makes sense yeah yeah like it was a pretty damn good regular batman story and the art in this thing damn it's Mm -hmm. pretty yeah no that i give this an eight out of ten actually yeah i i i don't know i i didn't score this one because i can't because i i just don't have a decisive opinion on it yet because I don't, I don't know if I'm disappointed or if I just need to re-examine what this series was all about. So I think before I can make any kind of conclusive end, I'm going to need to reread the entire series. Oh, gee, what a shame. I get to reread this beautiful-looking book. Um, <laughs> God, what, woe is Whatever me. Whatever will I do. However will I do it. Um, no, I just, I don't know yet, like, 
I, uh, yeah, I, I think I think for this one, I just I, I think I need a little bit more time with the series as a whole before I make some some final thoughts. So, um, we'll we'll see. I, I as a read, it's an enjoyable read, but again, in terms of how I felt about the conclusion and the overall, I think I need some more time with it. Um, but who knows? You might see a you might see an article from me about that soon. I'm sure, it'll be long and rambling as usual. Looking forward it's, to it. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an end. <laughs> That's, I, I enjoyed it, but like... My yeah. God, what an endorsement. <laughs> it is an this ending. It ends. does exist. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really is hard to, to give a firm opinion on it right now without really sitting down and taking a hard look at the entire run. I enjoyed it. Which basically is saying from both of them, and, I mean, admittedly me, you could go ahead and wait for the trade on this one, but it's yeah. a good story. Yeah, it might be better as a trade. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the yeah. thing, like, because I, I normally you you might you might get to a conclusion that's kind of lackluster and say like, yeah, don't even bother, like this kind of this story was pointless. But I don't I don't feel that way about this. I want to make that clear. Like, when the trade comes out, or you know, however you want to read it digitally, or or even by single issues, if that's your preference, like. I would still definitely recommend checking it out. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. in terms of how the whole story works, I, I think I need to spend a little bit more time thinking about that. There were definitely some things that worked really well, and there were other things looking back that I still kind of question how much it makes sense. But mm-hmm. again, as comic books, it can only make sense so much. So yeah, I, well, that I, and I, it's I still, alt universe. Yeah, yeah, I still really enjoyed it. Uh, Batman caught a bullet. How many that times you going to see that? That was badass. <laughs> <laughs> As we used to say, that was badass. That was so. badass. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. You might even say he so. kicked some badass in this issue. Oh, it's... oh, he damn well did. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guana do? Yeah. Oh, oh Christ. He. he... Uh, that he's... joke fell flat. That's yeah. Bad. I think you just said it too fast. I I got it, but like. Oh. <laughs> he, he straight up drove his car off a bridge into a motherfucker. Yeah. That's, <laughs> That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Eight, I'll give it an 8 out of 10, but it definitely needs a proper uh, retrospective yeah. as a whole when the trade comes out. Yeah. That straight up reminded me of that super old meme that was that one dude picking up another dude and it said, I'll beat a motherfucker with a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, side note. Uh, all right, and for our final of uh, the lightning rounds, we'll be taking a quick look at Wonder Girl number four before we head to a brief commercial break. So, Rob, why don't you tell us all about Wonder Girl? I will gladly tell you all about Wonder Girl and all of the Wonder Girls inside. So this mm. is writer Joelle Jones, from writer Joelle Jones, with art by Adriana Mello, colors from Jordi Belair, and letters from Pat Barroso. Yara Flor is rejecting the gods' offer of eternal servitude and eternal life in godhood and fights to make her way back to Earth, sadly losing her horse in the process. While Cassie gets introduced to the third Amazon tribe, the Esquisita, in the city of Akahim, only to discover that Donna Troy is already there and that this new tribe wants to go to war with Themyscira. This book just gets more and more interesting every issue. Last issue was slow, but this was damn well better. Uh... 
honestly, Yara rejecting went exactly how everybody could imagine. There wasn't much of a cliffhanger last issue, but fuck, losing the horse. But I don't. I I want to say the horse is in future state. I don't remember. Yeah, the horse is in future okay, state. Okay, so yeah, probably just the Patsy acting but... the ex- acting the exact same way, where she's got to call him like a half a dozen times before he shows up because yeah. Jerry's a jerk. <laughs> he damn, <laughs> he's just playing dead. He's not actually dead. He's like, no, fuck that. That cloud punched me. I am out of this fight. You're on your own, Lara. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. the The art is beautiful, and I'm again just super excited. For Trial of the Amazons. It's got so many threads going towards it, including Wonder Girl. And we have three Wonder Girls. Like we, we have Batgirls, we can have Wonder Girls. Like, to call it just Wonder Girls seems a little bit of a misnomer at this point. Yeah, the main characters Yara Floor, but you got Donna and Cassie in it. Whoa, so, whoa, 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 hold on. What? Donna Troy is no more Wonder Girl than well, Nightwing she, is Robin. She, she was. She was. Hey, and and as Nightwing we wing is in a book called Robin. Yes, as we as we have learned from from the Robins, just because you stop being a Robin doesn't mean you will never yeah. you're no longer a Robin. Exactly. Once a Robin, always a Robin. Exactly. There you go. Isn't that right? Um, what shit? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Ah, never mind. Were you talking about Gary Kelly? Gary Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> you shut your uh, face, God. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I think this yeah, was... Uh, I, I was kind of sour on 3. I think just because it had been so long since 2 had come out and I felt like 3 was just... I did not care at all. This was definitely better. And, I, and I'm wondering if that was because they were really able to factor in some more of the um, of the Wonder family, especially with Cassie. It's just really nice to see her kind of doing stuff and... and uh, all the stuff with with Yara as well, and um, I, yeah, I, I at least for me, I definitely felt like I was more on board with uh, with this issue than when the, with the with the last issue. So I'm hoping that this kind of this kind of direction is where they're going to be going moving forward in the next couple of issues because I can definitely get behind that. So this one got a seven point seven five for me. I was I was pleasantly surprised and uh, with this one and, and enjoyed it. Right on. Um, I liked it too. I think the apprehension that I felt a little bit, and I'm sure it came from you too, was the fact that we were getting the exact same kind of story. Wonder Woman slash girl is up in the, with the gods dealing with God shit. And thankfully Yara took a quick turn from that in this book. And it looks like we'll be going, see to me, Jerry looked like he died. But I'm assuming there's going to be some some kind of magic that brings him back. I'm glad the uh, the Akahim were brought in, or however you say that, because that's going to be a lot of interesting story. And the rest of it, I I, I think Milo and Belair kill it, and I I love the artwork. I think it's pretty good. I gave it an eight out of ten. You might even say that Joelle Jones is a Wonder Girl. <laughs> oh, Indeed. Christ! Yeah. I want to walk out of a walk out of a five story <laughs> building after that one. <laughs> well, Jones just wrote it, if I'm not mistaken. It was Milo and Bel Air that did the art, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Although, yes. I mean, Jones is a fantastic artist. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't. Yeah. 
solid, Don't deny solid that writer and artist. Yeah. So yep. one would say they're Wonder Girls. They're Wonder Girls. Indeed. Just like Donnie and Cassie. What the fuck? And Yara. <laughs> Three of them. Yeah. Like Donna, Yara, and Cassie. And Jordy and Joelle and Adriana. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, you're cool too. Yeah, you're cool too. You're, you're like... Yeah. Um, you're Steve Trevor. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. We will be at... Wait. Is Pat... Pat Unless Pat's, he's a Pat's tomb. Sex. <laughs> yeah, really. Is, is Pat male or female? Pat Rosso doing it? Pat, I have no. Uh, clue. Yeah, he's it's a guy. Okay, okay. Unless you know, yeah. Unless unless Pat, this Pat is. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, uh, we will be. It could be one of the Enki though. He could. He definitely. Oh could. yeah. 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 He got a weird eye. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's got weird eyes. I <laughs> see. We will be back after this brief commercial break. Stick around. After these messages, we'll be right back. Now, back to our program. All right, we are back. Hope that wasn't too horrible. Thanks for sticking with Not a Robot. Now, we will be getting back into our main reviews for this evening. Uh, And first, we will be starting off with Action Comics number 1037. This is part two of the War World Saga. And is, of course, brought to us by writer Philip Kennedy Johnson with art from Newcomer, but certainly not a newcomer to the Not a Robot uh, catalog, I guess, of, of artists that we enjoy. And that is Miguel Mendonca with colors from Adriana oh, okay. Lucas, letters from Dave Sharp. So the War World Saga Part 2, at least, is very much the, uh, the battle issue, the action issue. If everything has been building up to this, this is where the fighting gets bloody, and, and, and it does indeed get bloody as we see. And looks good and while looks it's happening. very, very good while it's happening. But really, this issue just focuses on Superman and the Authority taking down. Uh, I'm going to steal the term that Rob used the last time we were talking about action comics uh, Mongols Black Order uh, to basically yeah. there you go. Uh, make their way towards taking down the, the big man himself. Um, but unfortunately, the authority really get the shit kicked out of them as uh, Mongols' secret cabal, secret horde is a lot stronger than they expect uh, as they are able to make quick way of the Enchantress, Apollo, and, very surprising, Light Ray, who seemingly gets squashed by one of the members of the cabal. Excuse me. The one that surprised the hell out of me the most was Apollo. I mean, he's Superman, but beefed up. Yeah, yeah, but and he just got he just got ran through, dude. By that, was it just me or did that big ass monster remind you of that uh, that oh what freaking uh it w- it was a Resident Evil movie and I think the word that came after it started with a V. Oh, I don't know I can't that remember one. for sure though. But he was like this big ugly ass mutant kind of looking dude, and he kept this guy reminded me of that for some reason. Interesting. No, I, I wasn't surprised by the, the Apollo one, at least, because, you know, Apollo's always been a bit more impulsive, a bit more brash than Superman, at least. So watching him yeah, just spring sure. into action, like, all right, let's just let's let's get at this shit. And then, you know, basically get stabbed for it uh, was, you know, was was a sign that Apollo doesn't always think ahead, uh, at least not in, in combat situations. Um but yeah, the authority. Really, this yeah, issue is to just say the least. if you if you were thinking, oh, geez, Superman and the Authority are going to make quick work of War World. This isn't even going to be a challenge. That is not the case at all. They literally get the shit kicked out of them. And again, the one that surprised me the most was definitely Light Ray, who seemingly gets crushed by one of the members of the Cabal as she tries to save 
what she thought was uh, a baby and innocent who was trapped uh, by this member, but in fact was not, and seemingly pays the price for it as she is, is, is crushed uh, and possibly dies. Although, given all the uh, allusions we've had to the importance of Light Ray, I guarantee this will not be the last we see of Light Ray, nor the other members of the Authority. Uh, but again, really, this this could be the transitional piece that that happens with Light Ray that turns her into Light Side. Yeah, it very well could be. We we shall have to see. But uh, after Superman watches his team pretty much get crushed by all the members of the Cabal, he himself gets stabbed by Mongol uh, as the rest of the I don't really know what to call them the. United Planets Watch Team or whatever they are that's been monitoring the, the whole council. situation, the council, um, basically decide that the best course of action is to sit there and do nothing, twiddle their thumbs, and just wait it out because they don't want to get invaded and they sure as hell don't want to make his son angry. Wow, that sounds like total shit to me, but... Uh... I guess they decide it's what's best for them. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, back in Metropolis, John is having a bit of a, of a identity crisis. John Johns, the Martian Manhunter, of course, as after the events, I assume, of Justice League, Death Metal, and everything else that he's been going through, he really doesn't know where he is in this world. And uh, he's hoping that maybe by solving some crimes, he'll be able to kind of find you know, what he's actually supposed to be doing, figure out his place. Um, there is some kind of mystery involved with the Metropolis Police Department of some missing kids and, and that sort of thing, um, but we're not given the full picture on it yet. While John is uh, <clears throat> investigating a mystery at a local art museum, uh, but before he can get any more information about that, who should show up but old classic and one I believe to be dead uh, Martian Manhunter villain, the human flame, to wreak havoc. Uh, so that's Action Comics 1037. It's me, your boy. Yeah, it's the human flame. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Do you remember me <laughs> from Final Crisis and Detective Comics in the 50s? I think he showed up like once. Uh, right? It's, it's so funny. It's I remember reading this interview in Final or about Final Crisis from Grant Morrison, and they were talking about how they wanted... Martian Manhunter to have this really poetic death um, in the, I think it's like the second or third issue. And Grant was really struggling because he was like, well, Martian Manhunter doesn't have any good villains. Like, you could have a poetic death from Joker for Batman or Lex Luthor for Superman or Cheetah for Wonder Woman or whatever the case may be. But I remember literally reading something like, Martian Manhunter doesn't have any villains because they're all like lame and no one cares about them. Except for the one character that you remember, the human flame. And I was like, oh, that's nice. So I, I don't know. It'll be fun to see him back in a little bit. But yeah, this was a, a cool issue. At least the main story was. The backup was okay. Nothing grand, really. I gave that one a 7 out of 10. But the main story, as with the rest of the series, has just been amazing so far. Just really captivating. Even if this one was, you know, not quite as rich in story. You certainly get a sense of the brutality of War Worlds and Mongol and, and how hard this saga is actually going to be in, in freeing War World. And um, I hope they do have some more of the kind of space politics involved with the, um, the, uh, the council who are trying to figure out just what the hell they're going to do 
with the war world situation and Superman. All of that stuff is just really fascinating. And I think um, Johnson and Mendoncha and, and everyone else in this team have just been doing a really great job. And speaking of Miguel Mendoncha, I was worried about the shift from Daniel Sampere to Miguel Mendoncha. Not that Miguel isn't talented. We obviously know that's not the case. Just read Justice League Last Ride. But, you know, it, Daniel Sempere was was incredibly talented and it was kind of a little bittersweet to lose him. But I think this issue should alleviate any concerns. He just really knocks it out of the park. There are a couple places where the faces are a little weird. But other than that, I really had no problems. And, and um, you know, Mendoncha does an excellent job just capturing the scale and the scope and the brutality of war world so I, I i came away really satisfied so the main story got an 8.5 if you're not reading action comics you should be that's all i'll say uh backstory got a 7.5 right on yeah um the martian manhunter story i like it it's good but it could easily be pointless i hope it doesn't end up that way human flame is his ideal villain that's a little fucking sad <laughs> but it looked great, and I'm hoping for the best, so I gave it a kind 7.5. Action Comics, I was like, what the hell? I did not expect all of that to happen so fast. I mean, damn. <laughs> they killed everybody. <laughs> I mean, not killed, killed, but I mean, they got messed up. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. It looks great. It caught me off guard. It felt, it feels a bit unpredictable. So thank you very much, PKG, PKJ, PKG, PKJ. But uh, yeah, this one I gave a nine point two five out of ten. Uh, the book as a whole was pretty damn enjoyable. The art story, I'm I'm in so deep, dude. Nice. Eight point seven five for the whole book. Well, I, I don't know, I don't know, Josh. Reading action comics from PKJ definitely feels like I might need an EKG. Uh, given how it makes my heart <laughs> just throb so profusely, I hate these jokes because so even much. though we know what <laughs> we know, we know where it's supposed to be headed, and we still don't know where it's going. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, way to go! That's a hell of a writer. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really hope you get a chance to. Like I said, I mean, uh, and I don't want to waste anyone's time, but um. Yeah, I, th- I think we were talking off, you know, off um, off the show about this, but you know, actually seeing Philip Kennedy Johnson at New York Comic Con and the fact that Guy had like little to no attention at his booth, even though he's doing one of the best action comics runs, I think, you know, a lot of us have read in a while was just a travesty to me. So I really hope this guy just gets a chance to do more in the DC universe and blow up his profile a little bit because the talent is. Absolutely, there and and he totally deserves Fucking it. Fucking a right, totally deserves it. Yeah, totally deserves it. That's... Well, I guess back away from uh, back away from Superman, we go back to Earth and get three well, Batman not, adjacent titles in a row. Not quite because I, th- I think Rob might <laughs> want to get oh, into yeah, the words. Right. Rob. I forgot, Rob. <laughs> Sorry, man. No worries, no worries. Uh, <laughs> not just yet. <laughs> it's a very very quick review for me and holy shit what a book is it's basically the the synopsis i have uh honestly in terms of page count least amount almost least amount of pages for the week but damn was this the heaviest book it just oh damn we talked about that death all the death so much death death 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere yeah, and unexpected. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the only one that didn't get messed up with Manchester Black. Yeah, yeah she know, was busy right? messing up other bitches. So. Yeah. <laughs> Please use a slide. That, that was funny. <laughs> I found his way. Yeah. Yeah. The old ways do best. Yeah. Beat a, uh, he's going to end up having to play bat. hero and save whoever's savable. Oh, God. That's yeah. all I know. That'll be funny. That's it. Um, my question was what, what happened to Light Ray is, you know, that's. That, again, like that's why that was one of the most shocking deaths. Yeah, that I'm, that's why I'm she, like she was portrayed to be the one of the biggest players in this entire story, and yeah. the, uh, she's one of the first deaths. So. Yeah, well, that, again, that's why I think that you know this is all leading that death, that particular death, is going to lead towards whatever crazy prophecy that Superman and Manchester Black saw that that maybe Mongol doesn't even realize that by killing light ray you know so senselessly he may have unleashed something even worse that's my speculation yeah. light side yeah exactly like something that's just like oh fuck like i was not prepared for yeah that. and i i hope they spell side the same way dark side is spelled <laughs> yeah <laughs> you, you, <laughs> that would be you, so you, cool come on i know it's cheap and tiny-ish but i, I think it would be awesome <laughs> that would be awesome when you when you're okay you're you're making up light side or is that a thing i don't know Hello? Hello? I think he dropped off for a second. Uh, yeah, we dropped off for yeah. a second. Oh, okay. Oops. Um, yeah, I was saying, uh, is Light Side a thing? I, I don't know about it. Are you making it up and it just sounds badass? I'm I'm making it up and it okay, just sounds bad. Yeah, because <laughs> it, it, that does sound fucking badass. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be interesting. Is Light, the original Light Ray was a new god, right? If I remember right. So this isn't the first Light yes, Ray. Yes, yeah, the first Light Ray was yeah. a new god. Is a new god. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even know is. if it's still around. Yeah, is that guy with the red hair and the white suit? Yeah, he was on the. Yeah. Um, I think he might have been. I know he was in like, uh, um, the New God series from Jack Kirby, obviously. But I, I want to say he was on like the Justice League for a time. But I might be completely making that shit up. I, I swear <laughs> he was. In either case, he really isn't an interesting character in any way, oh, shape, or form. Oh, you wound he's me, the, sir. the Johnny Storm of the New Gods. He's oh. the, the Hot Rod Transformer. He's, he's, yeah. he's the Cheetor of the Maximal. He's the brash, just let's get this shit done, fuck you, I'm fast yeah. kind of character that yeah gets in trouble a lot because he's stupid. <laughs> but uh, I get what you're <laughs> trying to say. Yeah. He's the French fry underneath the car seat. Yeah, let's. Uh, I, I, I totally get that. <laughs> he's just kind of there. Yeah, he's just kind of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, he's just, <laughs> just kind of there, but he, he mucks things up. I don't know. Yeah, but action comics, what a fucking book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Martian Manhunter. I I'm excited for this. I I love John as a character, and uh, especially his detective days. Uh, he's got a cat named. Is his cat named Choco? No, his cat's name is Double Stuff. name is he was Double Stuff. Choco cereal. Gotta yeah. love that. Brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for more Jean Jones stories as long as they're interesting and slightly gritty. Now, it looks like hold they're, on. They're going that direction. Yeah. I want to point out that I am pretty sure that Double Stuff and having a cat is something that's been around for a minute now. Like for a while. 
when yeah. John's been shown in his like personal life in normal John Johns. Yeah, it's, he's had being a cat shown, for ages. He's had a cat, and I, I'm, I'm I want to say I'm damn certain that it's always been double stuff. I think you're. I honestly don't know. I don't remember the, the cast names he's had before, but you're probably right. Yeah, sure. I, I have no and idea. It's that kind of shit that I love. <laughs> he's he's the most alien character in the Justice League, but he's arguably the most human at the same time. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I, I was not wrong. I thought I was going crazy, but Light Ray did join the Justice League in the '90s in Justice League America, which I don't even know how I know that because I've never read this book before. But I, I maybe I You've just never saw a read cover Justice League America. No, 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 like the like not Justice League of America, Justice League America, like like just oh, Justice gotcha. League America from from I guess from like 1991. I was like, I'd never seen this in my life. I must have, maybe subconsciously. I just knew that. I don't know. That's fucking weird. Anyway, all right. <laughs> I don't even know how I begin to find that because I... every time I type in Justice League, oh, 1989 to 1990. Yeah, I was like, what? Wow. And I was, I knew Justice League of America and I knew Justice League International, but weird. Interesting. Oh my god. Oh, it was Justice League International. Okay, the series began with issue 26, taking over the numbering from JLA. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh my god. So they they got kicked out of every other country and became just America. Yeah. They're in my mind. (laughs) Well, get them out. Get them out. It's better if you do that. It's better for you if you do that. Oh god. (laughs) (laughs) All right, with all that being said, are are we ready to head back down to Earth? With three Batman adjacent yes, titles, with three Batman adjacent titles. So yes. starting us off, we will be looking at the Detective Comics 2021 annual, which Rob will summarize for us right now. All right. So this is from writer Mariko Tamaki and Matthew Rosenberg. Uh, woo, woo. Quite, quite the dynamic duo, if I do say so myself. Yeah, definitely Earth a weird pairing, pairing, though. Not what I would have, uh, not what I would have yeah. expected. It is. Well, I don't know. See, Matthew Rosenberg has a very, very good sense of gritty and um, interesting and kind of action-based, while Mariko Tamaki has that gritty yet like emotional-based. So it's almost like a, like a very tight pairing that, that, I mean, I never would have thought of it, but it makes sense to me. Well, because, see, I, I usually think of Rosenberg as more of, like, a, more more for almost comedy. Um, and because I know he's kind of a big disciple of, of Fraction and Bendis. Um, and Tamaki, I think, more of is kind of like the, you know, the, the sort of character-driven ya kind of stuff and she did a lot of graphic novels and obviously x23 over at marvel which is very much like an all ages kind of book for its time i don't know i've loved what Um, she's done in batman man yeah so i I don't know that's why i saw this at first i was like that what a weird writing pairing like they just it's not that i think their styles would clash it's just i wouldn't think to put them together no if like if you can if you're doing like your whoops i just smacked my microphone if you're doing like you're doing and comparing their entire body of work then yeah, that just doesn't make any sense yeah, at it, all. It's, it's almost but if like, you look at what they've been doing in the Batman universe lately, hell yeah, yeah I see that pair. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. It's just, for me, it was like someone got a randomizer and was like, all right, who do we have in the Batman writer's room right now? These two, all right, slim together. Let's see what happens. Uh, and, and It's going to get weird. Maybe, maybe we should see what happens. So Rob, I'll let you uh, 
tell mm. us what happened. <laughs> as we should. I, I just took the pairing as uh, Mariko Savaki is the main writer and, and Matthew Rosenberg's writing the backups for the next 12 issues. Mm-hmm. I, like, you, you guys went deep. That, that was impressive. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, th- I think just for this issue, since they both, it, you know, according to the credits, co-wrote it. And I was like, yeah, really? All right. Sure. Uh, yeah. Either, either way, I, I think it was a really good team. Really good pairing. Mm-hmm. Um, arts by David Lapham. Colors from Trish Mulvihill and Lee Lofridge with letters from Ariana Maher. So Bruce and Dick are in a new case in Gotham, a case that has some history for Bruce. The killer's father was a man that Thomas Wayne once saved from death just after the same man tried to kill the Waynes and stole a bunch of blood and killed people. This was Bruce's jerk. first intro. Yeah, big jerk. Mm. Uh, you, you got enough <laughs> blood inside you, buddy. Uh, this was Bruce's first intro to death <laughs> and a big lesson from his... Okay. I hate the the Canadian Blood Services catch line is blood, it's you need to give. And while the, the meaning is there, I just can't help but think that no, the blood is you need to live. You got the word wrong. But that's, <laughs> that's always been me. And like, I know the it's there and it's good meaning, but fuck, it always bugs me. So sorry, that was a weird tangent. That's okay. Might I also point out that Thomas Wayne is the best doctor in the entire world because that dude had his arm cut off and he just like, like stopped it from stopped him from bleeding off with one hand. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) fucking impressive. (laughs) (laughs) On on the street, no. What the hell did he have? He 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 didn't even even take. (laughs) He had one hand and he was pointing the other one at little Bruce. He was he saved that guy's <laughs> hand being a tourniquet with one hand, probably okay. three but, fingers and a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> Best doctor ever. I was picturing picks up the arm, puts the hand over the wound. Here, stop the bleeding. Oh my god, you just broke your jaw, Shrock. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Do you need him? What a damn doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm good Ooh, shit uh it's the imagery is hilarious uh so twisted anyway <laughs> this was bruce's first intro to death and a big lesson from his father that they don't choose who to save they just start with the patient in front of them now this case has caused a big debate between bruce and dick who are on opposite sides of the new arkham tower bruce thinks gotham needs the help it can get while Dick thinks putting the criminally insane back in Gotham just gives them a cause to escape. Why not transfer them somewhere else? Maybe a little safer. Working together, though, on saving this murderous man, Bruce gets a little rough while Dick tries to talk him down, that person being the killer. A sentiment the GCPD do not reciprocate. While they might love Nightwing, they treat the inmates unfairly and also like regular criminals. Upon final capture, Bruce has him transferred to Arkham Tower under the supervision of Dr. Chase Meridian, Shadows of the Bat now begins. And this seems very interesting, but I have no clue what the angle is with this story. Uh, the big talk is Arkham Tower is evil, but mental health keeps getting talked about as a necessary thing to be treated in Gotham. And to be honest, with, I'm as torn as Bruce and Dick on this issue. Wait, it, is this going to be a good thing? Is it going to be a bad thing? If we have 12 issues to find out, sure. But it just seems a little confusing right now. Yeah, and I mean, so they're far, not exa- this I don't Arkham know. Tower seems good. They're but... they're not exactly selling it as a, as the best thing, too. I mean, it seems like Shadows yeah. of the Bat is is Arkham Tower falling into catastrophe. So, 
Um, yeah. Dun, dun. So Who saw like, that coming? Yeah, it's 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 almost <laughs> like if you if you want us to have a bit more of a of you know maybe a moderate opinion, like oh I don't know which side I fall on. <laughs> maybe don't maybe don't show preview images of like the city on fire. <laughs> Because <laughs> then you're just gonna be like, oh well, of course. I mean, I can see the future. You're showing me the future, and it looks like it's not gonna be good. Yeah, it's it, it's a coin toss at this point. Yeah. And Doctor Chase Meridian, well, not her comic book debut. I think it's her mainstream comic book debut, which was a bit of a shock. Because <laughs> fuck, I I still try to forget those movies. But yeah, it's it could go any fucking direction. Oh yeah, I, I just I don't know how to feel yet about it. I I know it hasn't started yet, but should you at least have an idea of what the story is going to be with the the prologue, I guess you could call this. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, either way, I always love seeing Bruce and Dick working together again. Uh, the art I felt was a little weak at times, while interesting and detailed. It's just this issue was all over the place for me. It's a seven out of ten, but it's it's just. Uh, it's hard to really collect my thoughts on it. Yeah, for me, it was a solid premise. Um, I think the debate over Arkham Tower is certainly an interesting one. Again, not counting the fact that they're kind of showing us what the result may or may not be. Um, but yeah, it just there, there were moments where it did feel a little scattered. Although I, you know, I kind of liked how they tried to bring it full circle with some of the um you know some of the references to to bruce's past they talk about at the beginning of the issue um so yeah i I definitely think there's an interesting amount going into it that makes me want to know more about what the arkham tower saga and shadows the bat is going to be all about um i i really dug the art actually um just because i'm I'm a huge david latham fan um if you've ever read stray bullets or um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I, I haven't read Harbinger, but I know he did that. Um, well, like the classic Harbinger. He's been doing some stuff here at DC as well. Yeah, yeah. I just and, can't think of what it is. Well, he. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I thought the art was gorgeous. Yeah, no, it's, I, I just, I, I was a huge sucker for him, and like it, such a perfect setting, putting him in Gotham City, because Stray Bullets is all about like that crime fiction stuff. Um, what is it? Young Liars, I think, is the book that I'm thinking of. Young Liars. Ah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm a huge fan of his art, so. Already going in, I was like, this stuff looks cool. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think um, I, I, I think before I have any like final conclusions, I'll just need to maybe read a little bit more of what Shadows the Bat is actually about, um, you know, before I have any kind of decisive opinions about this, uh, what this whole story may be about. But, but as a start, it was, it was solid. It just, yeah, it was. It definitely, I definitely agree with you, Rob. There were some points where it was just, you know, a little all over the place. All right, I think that this was something that we did not need to see at all. For the page count, as a matter of fact, I'm disappointed that this is the story that they went with. It was kind of really bland, but the way that they did this story, it was good. the The, the story wasn't all that interesting to me because it's all shit that we've seen before, and Dick and Batman just talking about it. But they did it well. They did it really well. And on top of that, I think the art is gorgeous. I really mean that. And it got an eight out of an eight out of me. Nice. I liked it. Nice, nice. 
Um, just going through it again, and, and I think I can, in, at least in greater detail, go into what I felt was odd about it. His scenery and objects are just beautiful, but the people are just a little off for me. Yeah, it's it's definitely Some, yeah. a, little, a little stylized, and and I, I you know I, I totally get that it may not be for everyone. I think I was just I. I'm definitely so accustomed to it that I'm like, all right, I can I can roll with this anytime, any place, anywhere. Um, and also, like, I'd never seen David Latham draw Nightwing before, so that was really cool. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna lie, there's some bias there. <laughs> the building work is fantastic. Yeah, the, the scenes of the the city are just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is really good. Yeah, I mean, for the art style, I think I think everything fits pretty good. I still think it's cool that. He held off that bleeding with one arm, though. Yeah, I mean they clearly draw it that way too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> he's, he's still wearing his jacket, Thomas Wayne. Like, what the fuck yeah. did he use to cover the wound? It's that blows my mind. You're right. He's the best doctor in the world. <laughs> All right. Enough about Thomas Wayne and Batman, but I guess we got more. Well. Was Nightwing in this? No, Nightwing isn't in this either. Right? In right. Detective Comics? Here, here I am, the one telling everybody <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh, wait. Are you, are you talking about the Detective Comics annual? No, Teen Titans. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. I don't, yeah, I don't think he was in this one. But uh, but it still, it still features some characters that are certainly related to Nightwing. So let's, uh, let's go with that. But that is uh, Teen Titans Academy number, number nine. Titans Academy number nine. And unfortunately, one thing that I called and is not correct is that Bunker was Red X. And I might have to stop for a second and go yell at my dogs because they're whining, which means they want to bark. Uh-huh. But uh, this was written by Tim Sheridan, art with uh, art by Mike Norton, colors from Hi-Fi, letters by Rob Lee, with a cover from Rafa Sandoval and Aliano Sanchez. So Cyborg and Donna Troy are hosting this tour of the Academy for potentially new students, and everyone there is calling Flash a murderer, talking about Wally, of course. And naturally... That means Wally should show up with his kids who want to enroll in the in the academy. Meanwhile, Greg and Bat, uh, Brat Girl, excuse me, are stealing the H dial from Miguel. Nevermore is being a douche, and they talk about it while being hard to keep track of kids. Intro: Bunker is leading is back, leading the kids out of nowhere. Red X appears in a hologram. They disable it, and he's still really there. That was trippy. I didn't expect that. He's there just to talk shit about the Titans, the Academy, and to do it to the people that's there. Flash races those people away, and then comes back and picks a fight with the Red X. The lights go out, Red X poofs, and Cyborg is down. They gather to talk about the Red X problem, but the kids are all together with the H-Dial trying to talk to the dead. They dial up something that shows shapes, but that's it. One of them kind of reminded me of Hawk, but not enough things shooting off of his back. But that's it. Miguel busts in, shuts the whole thing down, and it ends with Roy Harper there, wondering what this is all about, where he's at, why there's kids everywhere, and why the dude out front looks like him, the statue. It was fun. This fits in the TTA story. 
and it looks super good. I really like this one, so it gets an 8.5. Yeah, this uh, I was really excited for this one. Uh, so I actually went back and looked at the Future State Teen Titans issue that showed the seance scene, and honestly, it's cut for cut. It is a perfect duplicate. It's new art. It's not like copy and paste. But all the detail is the same, the dialogue's the same, the character placement's the same. It's an attention to detail that honestly we, we sadly don't get much of these days. Right. Being like, exactly. like what, eight months in between issues of the appearance of the of this story. Which is just so good. And this part raises questions because they really alluded to that seance back in future state teen titans that was what caused the four riders to come out and start possessing people but this clearly that didn't happen and it cut off with miguel saying you have to give it back to me right now and that was it it didn't show who was there didn't show what was in the light but now we see and i was thinking the same thing as hawk that next to what may or may not be hawk is uh jericho and then mystery person and i'm thinking jenny lynn hayden but she's not dead, so I don't fucking know. But it's damn very, good guesses. Yeah, very interesting. That third guy, though, I, I could go any way for me. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like that's so many interesting things going on right now. Uh, Red X watches back on. Like, let's cheer for that. But I'm thinking it's Miguel, and I'm just going through it again. There's not. He's not in the room during the hologram stuff. He mysteriously disappeared during that. I think it's Miguel. I think it's got it. You think Miguel is Red X? I think Miguel is Red X. And, and going back and reading the the Future State Teen Titans stuff, uh-huh. I, it just... I, I don't have solid evidence for it yet, but it kind of makes sense to me. His knowledge, at least in, in Future State, his knowledge of the H-Dial is like pinpointed. It's It's on the ball. Uh, just makes sense to me, and I think I made this this assumption way back when TTA first started, and I'm going back to it. It's Miguel, and all um, right, I'm, final answer, Bob. That's it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but all in all, as an issue, I I've been enjoying this series as a whole, and this Red X mystery has been driving me fucking crazy. So I'm happy we're getting back to it, despite the fact I I enjoyed the summer break story. It, it was it was fun and and witty. And I do hope for more from this book after we finish Red X. So this was a 9 out of 10 for me. I really enjoyed it. And seeing those titans of the past appearing for a split second was very, very nice. Very interesting. So many ways this this story could go. So many directions. I don't know. This might be a connection to Future State that just got cut off. Who knows? Or maybe not. We'll Mm -hmm. see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you think, Brandon? Yeah, it was uh, it was all right. I didn't I didn't really have a ton of thoughts on this one. Um, I thought the art was solid, but nothing really phenomenal. Um, and it was you know it was, was kind of cool to see Wally show up and and uh, interact with some of the Titans for a little bit. And um, you know certainly the the cliffhanger with Roy Harper is very exciting because I just I want to see how the rest of the Titans are going to react to him being alive. Not that that's anything new for these people, but um I, yeah i don't know i i'm kind of done with the like whole red x mystery like at this point it feels like it's been going on forever um yeah. and i'm just I, I, 
I don't know that I care anymore. Like at this point, I'm just like, if you're gonna show me, just show me. Like I don't even need to dance around <laughs> it anymore. Um, that's impatient, Stop yes, it. but I, I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, no, it, you know, just it, for me, it was just kind of all right. Like I didn't, I don't know that I had incredibly strong opinions about it. It's just kind of there for me. Um, but I hope the next issue is is also you know, entertaining as well. Because, I mean, this one was entertaining. I, I will give it that. Just, you know, it didn't really blow me away. So I gave it a 7.5. Fair enough. And closing our Batman books, or Bat-adjacent books, although it feels wrong to say that, considering this is a book that has no Batman in it at all. I mean, I guess Teen Titan Academy didn't either, but still. Uh, Nightwing is certainly his own man, but... uh that will be Nightwing, the 2021 annual number one. Uh, this features the, I guess, uh, one and done creative team of uh, Tom Taylor. Not one and done for him, at least not as a writer, but uh, Tom Taylor with art from uh, Kyan Torme uh, and Daniel HDR uh, with inks from Kyan Torme, Raul Fernandez and Daniel HDR. Um, with colors from Rain Barredo and John Kalich, and letters from Wes Abbott. This is not a very intricate story. Um, the basic premise is someone is impersonating Red Hood and took down a someone who was going to be an informant for the FBI, and Dick Grayson needs to find out, was that really Jason? And if not, what the hell is going on? But before we can figure out that, we have a flashback to the past, uh, classic disco wing uh, Dick Grayson as he's being called into Wayne Manor by Alfred himself uh, to assist in, in an urgent matter that needs to be taken care of right away. So Dick makes his way over to Wayne Manor, just wondering what the hell is going on, only to find out that he's been duped by Alfred, who I think pulling the strings as his, his English butler ways is, is trying to get these two to spend more time together given that Jason has just been benched by Batman and is not very happy about it. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't be, right? Uh, but in this situation... That flashback segue, it caught me off guard and I'm like, wait a minute, yeah. why in the fuck is Alfred there for a second? Uh, did anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, same with me. Yeah, no, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, it was just like... For me, I was like, "Oh, okay, Titans Tower." Then, all right, cool. Got got to be the got to be the classic Nightwing days if if he's back in Titans Tower at least. I mean, or at least living in Titans Tower was my my uh, uh, original thought of it. But anyway, that portion of the book really just revolves around Dick and Jason taking down, uh, or, or really just just doing their patrol and and during their patrol they take down a, a would be kidnapper and. Uh, Jason shows his his classic, just brutal personality, and Dick is like, "You need to calm down. You are going way too hard. I understand that you had a violent past. We all have that, but we as Robin need to be the kind of you know light in the darkness to care for people, uh, whereas Batman is just the darkness itself." But then we cut back to present day. Dick finds Jason, who's hiding out at a warehouse, and informs him that uh, he is on camera and seemingly has been killing people. Jason catches him up saying, I didn't do it. And Dick's like, all right, cool. Like, I trust you. We, we have this relationship now. I'm not going to question that. Um, but they're able to kind of 
try and figure out the mystery of who has actually been impersonating uh, Jason all this time, and they discover that it's none other than Preston Payne, the fourth Clayface, I want to say, um, who has been working for a dealer that is tied to Jason's past, a dealer that seemingly sold the drugs that made his mother OD and, and uh, um, really kind of messed up Jason's life in those early days. So Jason has a lot of baggage um, with this dealer by the name of Bulesma and really wants to take him down to exact some kind of justice and make sure that he doesn't get away with the, uh, the horrible lives that, or the ruins that he, the lives that he has horribly ruined um, over, over many years. But they're able to stop him before he tries to flee uh, and head to his, I assume, private area in the Maldives. And uh, uh, just a, a really good team up for, for Dick and Jason uh, as they wrap up for the night. Uh, rolling away in their crushed Batmobile, which is going to be very hard to explain to Bruce. But they'll keep it a secret because that's what they do as blood brothers. Um, <laughs> this issue... This, this issue should have been phenomenal for me this issue I, I should have loved it and I, I think i really wanted to because i remember when it was first advertised i was like this sounds great this is you know it's gonna be a, a classic team up of, of dick and jason doing their thing and probably airing out some of their own bat trauma slash baggage and it'll be lots of fun and and hopefully really enjoyable but i don't know i just i was i was bored i was really bored um like it, it just it felt like yeah. a very run-of-the-mill team-up story to me i just i didn't feel i didn't feel as connected as i wanted to and, and that was a shame because i think again in theory this should be great it's you know it's just the continuation of all the strong character work that tom taylor's been doing on nightwing so far and getting to do a fun little one and done with jason but it just for the story at least i just i I really could not have cared less. And I actually had to take a break halfway through because I just, I was, I was so just disinterested. And it's, it's funny. I think I was also kind of comparing it to, there was an annual a little while back in Red Hood and the Outlaws, which was basically kind of the same thing, which was, you know, Jason with Artemis and Bizarro um, kind of investigating a circus and Dick shows by it because he's also investigating that circus at the same time. And I think that that is, for me at least, was just, a bit more satisfying than what we got here because at least that was you know as part of the rebirth era i was trying to reestablish their dynamic but this just felt like you know nothing that i hadn't seen before it was just yet another team up between the two and 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 nothing about it felt particularly stand out and, and interesting to me um that that i could you know really be like wow i really enjoyed that it was just kind of there it was like you know it what I'll say about this particular annual is this. If you are looking for a very basic, you know, very run-of-the-mill type of Nightwing team-up book with Red Hood, this book will satisfy you. Um, but if you're looking for something that's going to try something new, at least from my perspective, it's just not here. Um, the art from uh, Kyan Torme and, and Daniel HDR is fine. It's not great or anything, but it, it serves its purpose, which is kind of a shame because they have this beautiful cover from Nicholas Scott. And it just makes me wish that that was, you know, what the interiors looked like as well. But um, it, again, it's, it's not bad artwork. It's just, you know, it's kind of serviceable. But yeah, I, I just I think I expected a lot more from this. And what we got was just 
just not that at all. So I ended up giving it a 7 out of 10. Um, originally, it was a 6.5, but I bumped it up a little bit more just because, you know, I, I, I think I, I really just wanted to enjoy it more than I actually did. Maybe I'll come back to it at some point and be a bit more positive about it. But my initial read was just this is very generic and, and I wasn't that, that uh, excited about it. Well, I hope you do, man, because I think this book is beautiful. <laughs> I love the art in it. Um, the writing is fantastic. I honestly, I th- thought thought it was so damn good. I really don't know what else to say about it. I, I did drop it a half a point because a couple of the faces were off and Red Hood's mask was emotive in one frame. And the flashback bit was a little jarring. It being current and Nightwing at the Titans Tower just made uh, made sense to be current when I read it, and then I was like, "Wait a minute, Alfred's alive!" Yeah. But uh, some of the key points that really sold it to me was honestly, this is a Red Hood book called you know in Nightwing, and it's shown me I would totally be down with Tom Taylor writing a Nightwing or a Red Hood book. Excuse me. Uh, it was cementing the backstory of Red Hood that we've got with the multiverse coming back together. And there were a couple cool little things that happened in the book that I just absolutely love. Jason stole the wheels out the Batmobile. That's current canon. That's badass. Um, I love Dick's commentary on the crowbar and the similarity Jason says that it's to Batman's inspiration. And then Jason's like, shouldn't you just walk around? Or Dick was like, shouldn't you just walk around making the shape of a crowbar all the time? Yeah. I thought I thought that was hilarious. Um, Lineker's lieutenant is at the corner of Redondo and Lucas. That made me laugh yeah. out loud. That's a nice, nice little nod. I like Preston Payne as Clayface. He's cool as hell. Uh, and then I really dug that at the very end when Jason was beating the shit out of that guy. Nightwing had to call him Robin to snap him back out of it. All of that makes sense to me, and I loved looking at it while I was reading it. I gave this a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's a fun story with family and cars. It's basically the Bat and the Furious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but seriously, this was nice and simple. I love seeing a brotherly connection that the Robins have. <clears throat> no matter who they are, but honestly, especially Dick and Jason being the first two and just being wildly different Robins, even in terms of fan reaction and reception. After all, Dick wasn't voted to be killed off. But <laughs> Right? Yeah. Oh, dude. I, I think at this point in history, we love all the Robins equally, except for one in particular, which I will not name again. Otherwise, Josh will yell at me. <laughs> no, I won't. Uh, <laughs> well, um, yeah, a little CK that one time Clark Kent was Robin. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I, <laughs> I I enjoyed this. This was a nine out of ten for me. It I forgot about that annual in Red Hood and the Outlaws, Brandon, but now that you mentioned it, that was honestly comparing the two, it was a better story. Uh, but this this I think was still just nice to see but I you can give me 15 different stories of Dick and Jason being on an adventure and I will love every single one see I, I think in yeah. in normal situations I would be the same but 
I don't know. This one was just like, I think that was maybe I, because I had such high expectations, I, I you know, because of, of all the sort of newer developments that have been going into Nightwing under Taylor and Redondo that I, I was like, okay, this will be a, a great oh. way for you to kind of try and maybe re-examine the relationship between Dick and Jason. Maybe take a closer look at it. I don't know. So it's like something, something that, that fits in thematically with all the newer stuff that's been going on. In, you know, Sounds like the Brandon's light. just not a Red Hood fan. Uh, how dare you, sir? I, lo- I love Red Hood. Um, <laughs> he may not have been born, but he went back in time and voted Jason to die. I did. I did. I would have. Uh, no, I, I would never. I would never never vote for a child to die. Um, well, hey, if, it, if it didn't happen, we wouldn't have Red Hood. That's, that's yeah, fair. That's, that's fair. very true. Um, well, actually, that, that's a whole other can of worms that, that we can do on a, maybe our anniversary episode. Um, but, All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just – I think I wanted something new. Like I wanted a, a newer – expression a newer statement about their relationship and this was just like yep like jason feels inadequate seen that before uh jason has violent tendencies seen that before jason hunts down a mob dealer from his past seen that before it was just like it was like a checklist of things that i've seen before which isn't necessarily bad but again if i i wanted something that fit more in line with the other kind of newer progressive stuff that taylor had done with nightwing in this for me, at least, just didn't didn't feel like that at all. So weird. <laughs> I, I get it though. I get it. It's a, it is a very different story, especially from Tom Taylor. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not bad in any respect. It is just for me, just like just generic. Um, so anyway, to move on to our final book for this weekend, that is Justice League Uncarnate. Justice League Incarnate. Justice League Incarnate, number one. Um, Sounds like somebody misses the unsanity. I know, I know, right? The opposite (laughs) of Incarnate is an Uncarnate. That's that's the version of this team on on Earth 3. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, Justice League Incarnate, number one. uh, Beginning of the new five-issue series exploring the Justice Legion in full action. So, um, yeah. Take it away, Rob. Yeah, I, I was going to say you're ready for an acid trip, but then Josh mentioned this <laughs> team on Earth 3 as an entirely different team, and I just died. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned on Discord, I eat this multiverse shit for breakfast, but this this is... Okay, so... <laughs> uh, this is from writer Joshua Williamson and Dennis Culver, with arts by Brandon Peterson, Andre Bresson, and Tom Derenick. With colors from Hi-Fi and letters from Tom Napolitano. So the retaliators of Earth-8 are relaxing and questioning Machine Head's disappearance when Dr. Multiverse arrives with Machine Head's head in hand. Also appearing behind her is a strange lightning bolt-shaped tear in the sky. They quickly go to blame her and go for an attack, but are stopped by Tartarus invading. That's not the Legions of Hell that is a Thanos-like character. Over on Earth Zero, Calvin and Thomas, Superman and Batman in the Justice League Incarnate, are scouting Avery, the Flash of China. While initially disagreeing on her skill set, both agree this was Barry's choice and they will honor his wishes. They go to try and convince her to join the mission as she is needed, but as soon as Barry is mentioned, she races off into the boom tube they've opened. No convincing needed, yet. Now, in Bleed Space, yeah. she meets the... Yeah, yeah, that's big foreshadowing. 
Uh, so now in Bleed Space, she meets the rest of the team, and after a brief recap of events, they show her why she is needed. There's terror in reality, but they can't find it in the multiverse. They do know that Barry's caused it, and using his design for the Cosmic Treadmill, she can use her Speed Force energy and connection to Barry Allen to find it. She does, and half the team get teleported to Earth-8, only to find it in ruins. Most of the retaliators are dead, save for one who blames the JLI for this devastation. They know all about the multiverse and the problems it causes, and they voted to go along with Machine Head's plan. Tartarus then attacks the JLI, but is interrupted by Darkseid, who has come looking for the tear. Darkseid and Tartarus know each other and begin to fight for the tear, while the JLI work to stabilize and remove the tear so Darkseid cannot get his hands on it. They succeed as Darkseid snaps Tartarus's neck, and as he monologues that Apocalyptan Tech already calculated the tear's next destination, he opens a boom tube and leaves. The JLI follow, but Avery is unsure of herself. Dr. Multiverse gives a big pep talk and pulls her into the boom tube back in bleed space. The remaining JLI have lost signal of the away team, but Orion, the new god, arrives, claiming he is the only one that can defeat Darkseid. But Calabac and Grail are with an army of parademons. They have arrived to kill them all. It's a wild fucking book. And you is do. it weird calling a new team JLI? It was really weird. To, I'm not going to say Justice League Incarnate every time. So to say JLI, it, it was like, is this is another, there was another JLI, it wasn't there. But no, yeah, definitely. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, <laughs> yeah. Rob, are you, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's just your connection, but for me, you're, you're kind of cutting out at like every other word. Oh. Yeah, it's his connection. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's just, during your summary, it was just, it was a little hard to hear. Uh, shit. Oh, I'm on wire as well. I don't know mm. how to fix that right now. How is, is it still, is it bad? It's sounding fine now, but it's just when you were talking okay. for like, you know, for long periods of time, it would just kind of cut out at every other word. Oh, Okay. So I mean, hard enough to get the point though. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just it's Fair. it's a little <laughs> okay. jarring sometimes because it's yeah. it's like you know listening to a conversation with skips, like an old fashioned telephone. Yeah, exactly. Like Oracle during the entire fierce run. Yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> it, it, literally, it was it was like that where it's just like justice and darks earth. Like it was just almost like jarring at points. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hello. It just happened. Oh, I think Buddy stopped recording. Oh. Yeah, I don't know what happened there, but our Buddy stopped recording. Okay. That's all right. Okay. We'll f- I'll iron out the kinks later on. Does it have like a time limit or something? Uh, six hours. Six hours. Oh, yeah. weird. Yeah. Yep. I'll figure all out right. what's going on. But in I, any case. Yes. So, Justice League <clears throat> Intercarnate. Uh, this is a wild fucking book so far, honestly. Uh, I got one request. One request of DC. Bring back the fucking Zoo Crew, you cowards. <laughs> Aren't the Zoo Crew dead? <laughs> Didn't they die in death metal? Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this, hey, honestly... I mean, at death metal and, and nothing, none, nothing matters because everything matters. Yeah, the Zoo Crew matters. You know what I'm saying? Every anybody yeah. can come come back to life. Yeah. I need Yankee Poodle. I need Fastback. I need, Yankee Poodle Dandy. Yeah. I, I need Iron Pig. 
I need all those guys. That that was my childhood, damn it. <laughs> I I only had a, a, a like a couple issues of Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew, like 22, 26, really sporadic, but I read the shit out of them. And every time Captain Carrot gets brought up, I'm like, you're teasing me so fucking hard. Give me the rest of the animals. Anyway, it's enough about the best team in the multiverse. The yeah. art is good. The story's interesting. It's it's certainly wild and can get very confusing if you didn't spend years just studying Grant Morrison's mind and the multiversity. Mm. And I, I I love the DC multiverse so much I once started a, a fucking page of just cataloging every new earth that gets introduced and I was just missing a couple. I've since lost that file, but it's it's wild. I like I said, I eat this shit for breakfast. I love just a DC multiverse stuff and to see basically all these different characters from all these different earths coming together is wild especially to see earth 8 which has just faced so much shit in the past is for those that haven't figured it out is the marvel universe in the dc multiverse um to be the first earth to visit and it's it's going to bring like obviously after the story be sure to look at cbr and screen rant the next week or so for headlines such as dark side broke thanos's neck and the Avengers are evil in the DC universe because that's going to fucking happen and you're going to click it and realize Yeah, I think I saw one that was like the the DC universe version of the Avengers face their own version of Infinity War and it was like it's not really what happens but okay. No. Sure. Oh shit. It it was more the annihilation war. It was like, it was yeah, it was literally it was literally <laughs> just because Doctor Multiverse shows up to warn them of something. And some jackass read that and said, "Yup, that's just like when when Hulk showed up and warned Doctor Strange of Thanos." And it's like, no, it's not. No, no, it's nothing, nothing. Well, yeah. Jeff Johns did tell us that there was a Green Hulk coming in our future. Yeah, but this is a big blue baby. Yeah, no, this is this is. Uh, <laughs> I, I this really is not that, that at all. Secret crisis to yeah. happen, but it will never fucking. Happen. No, not not in not <laughs> four, four years to go. I'm counting down four years for Secret Crisis. It is not going to happen. No, I, I can tell you that but... for as long as as Casada works at Marvel, it will never happen. Uh, there's still I don't know why there's still such animosity between doing a crossover, really just with the higher ups. The creatives don't care at all. I mean, at this point, well, you could yeah. say it's Disney and Warner Brothers' fault because they oh never yeah work oh together. that too. Yeah, that's just not going to happen. Unless Warner Brothers does sell DC, Marvel buys it, and then we can get our secret crisis. Yeah, I hope that Shut doesn't happen. Face. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, if you guys, there was there was rumors about that a couple of years ago. I don't. Sh- that's sh- way too sh- much power. I don't. It's sh- way too much power. I don't want a Batman that smiles and makes jokes. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind that necessarily. It's just no no <laughs> company should have two collective universes under their no. belt especially just not re-release the adam films. west batman but he smiled and made jokes that that's DC. what i'm saying that's, that's if, if, if disney gets batman then just re-release the adam west batman don't try on your own you'll fuck it all up oh for sure yeah worse than warner brothers ever thought of doing and they yeah. fuck it up bad yeah but as far as jli is concerned holy shit this was busy mm-hmm the art was really good. The colors were fucking amazing. They popped like right off the page. Uh, all the characters, the quick swing, so much going on. It was just super busy, man. I hope it irons out. 
But this this reminds me of his flash run in a way where there's just too much going on and ultimately I figure I'm assuming not a lot will matter. This issue just didn't do it for me, man. Six point seven five out of ten. And I love all these characters. Most of them that I've heard of anyway. I, I think I think I was definitely on the opposite side of the fence. And I think that's because of my own biases. I'm definitely right there with Rob. I love the multiverse stuff. I love sort of looking at and examining how the the physics of these different worlds actually work and and sort of the mysteries that have been developing especially after death metal i've just i've been really curious to see how they play with that and i was a big fan of infinite frontier i felt like it was just it was a lot more of a of a study type of event rather than just i mean it definitely had its action don't get me wrong but you know it was it was definitely more interested in looking at you know how the multiverse actually operates now this was going to really hone in on the Justice League Incarnate um, and and their kind of mission. And so I think that definitely worked for me. The only thing I was really disappointed by was just um, I wish that that um, Andre Bresson, who was one of the artists in this book, had gotten more time to draw or more pages to draw because um, I did a book with Josh Williamson called Birthright, which is really, really cool. And when I saw that he was going to be an artist on this issue, I was like, oh, sweet whole issue with the birthright team is gonna be fucking great but he only did like like six pages or something it was just i, I kind of wish there had been more but other than that i, I just i really love the story and uh i'm interested to see what kind of crazy worlds um and crazy scenarios they get into next i i saw in one of the solicits they're going to like like a vampire world or something so i'm super excited Ooh. for that um but yeah no, this world. one this one got an 8.75 out of 10 for me it's probably my, my favorite book this week as a nine for me, I just I'm excited to see them mm-hmm. doing because this is what I think step two in his three part plan yes. for Infinite Frontier, Joshua Williams' plan. So if this is step two, I'm just so excited for this. Step two. Mm-hmm. I just hope it works out because it reminds me so much of his Flash run that it makes me nervous. Yeah, and I'll, I don't mind multiverse shit. I'm excited for Justice League Omega or whatever the hell that's going to end up being, but. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was just maybe it was just that it reminded me so much of the Flash Run. It's just it's got me leery. There's a lot of stuff going on, and it, while what's going on in the issue is cool, it just it doesn't really feel like there's a whole lot of direction yet. And, and that's fair. We've been hurt by him before, so very I completely well. understand. Um, but I will say this: uh, I I'm so forgiving. Uh, the design of Darkseid, the classic look again. And by classic, I mean the earliest I ever saw in the 90s. Uh, just no more Omega symbols all over his body and looking like he was made out of rock. It's just gray skin, darker gray suit, and that's it. I'm, just, I'm, I'm down for that. I, I thought the design, it's so simple, but it's so to the point. Yeah, He's still associated with the Omega symbol, though, because Roy Harper was the Omega Lantern. Yes. But at least it's not emblazoned on Darkseid's chest. Yeah, you don't you don't need a, like a bunch of a Omega symbol. symbols all over him. Yeah. It's just over Maybe he'll time. get a cape with an Omega symbol on it. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> he used to have a cape back in back in like early days of Is it a cape? I'm yep. not mistaken. Yeah, like a yeah. tunic. It's like a something like that. Uh, which is something. like a hooded cape, kind of. You can pull him up over your head a little bit. I, I don't know that he ever had a cape. I think like like way early on, mm. 
Maybe it was a poncho. It's a poncho. That's it. He, yeah, he, he lives on the apocalypse, so he really doesn't like rain. Yeah, a toga. <laughs> That's. I know they mentioned there's only one dark side in the entire multiverse, but fuck, I need more. <laughs> I need to. Oh, he swallowed them so all bad. up. He's the ultimate dark side. He's, yeah, he's the ultimate dark side. Which is why there has to be a light side. Exactly. All right. Well, now that we have finished yes. our main reviews for this week, do we want to head over to our top three books for this week and uh, and uh, some of our favorite moments? I think we should. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, closing it off for this week, we'll be taking a look at our top three books, as I literally just said, and a favorite moment if uh, we have one. So, uh, Rob, I'll let you get us started. All right, so my top three, the number three was a bit of a toss-up for me. Uh, one was going to get number three, the other was going to get best moments, and it came as follows. Number three is TTA. I, I said before, I'm super excited to get back into the Red X mystery, just so we can close it out, please, for the love of God. Uh, <laughs> number two, I had Action Comics, just a damn good book. Beautifully drawn, beautifully written, heavy as fuck. I did not expect so much death in the second goddamn part. And number one, I had Justice League. I nearly said International Incarnate. <laughs> I, I'm just, yeah. I just, I, I love it. Any book that has Captain Carrot gets an A plus for me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for me, best moments. Uh, so my technically number four book is Nightwing Annual. It's just J- Dick and Jason being bros. I thought that was very sweet, very touching. Um, they're two of my favorite Robins. Damien's adorable. Tim is there. But Dick and Jason, Tim is there. How dare you? (laughs) They don't do anything with him. He does so much, but does nothing at the same time. (laughs) I say good day. Uh, It's it's valid. Good day, sir. (laughs) You get nothing. You lose. You lose. Oh yeah, but no. Dick and Jason together as a as a team up is always fantastic. And that's me. Huh? Um, all right. My top three are uh, coming. They're almost very similar to Rob's. Number three is Teen Titans Academy. I really enjoyed that. Two is Action Comics. So that was amazing. But Nightwing was awesome to me. And that took number one. My favorite moment, and it's not a huge panel. But it sure is cool. In Nightwing, Red Hood and Nightwing are walking away from a burning Batmobile, like action movie style, and it looks so badass. I love it. Nice. Mm -hmm. All right, well, my top three for this week. At number three, I had the Justice League Dark Annual. A lot of cool stuff being developed there. Number two, I had Action Comics. I've sung its praises enough. All I have to say is just check out the series for yourself. Uh, But number one definitely had to go to Justice League Incarnate. Number one, that was just uh, such a cool series they're doing. And um, I'm just really excited to see what happens next with all the crazy multiversal stuff. Um, But I think my favorite panel has to be in Action Comics. Um, Just seeing... Superman just swing directly for Mongol was just uh, just really cool looking um, and, and just really showed his power and all that stuff. 
Um, so yeah, I, I really dug it. Um, but while that was a lot of fun, it's now time to shift our attention to something that is less fun, and that is, of course, as always, the biggest thinker. Oh, that's nasty. So, gentlemen, which title made your biggest stinker today? Uh, I know for me, at least, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, considering I've said to be one of the biggest Nightwing fans out there, but unfortunately, sometimes these things just happen. But I, even though it was not my lowest score, my biggest stink for this week just had to be um, the Nightwing 2021 annual Again, not a bad issue by any means, but I think it was just it was it was disappointing from what I was hoping for, from what I was expecting, um, versus what we actually got. Well, on the exact polar opposite of you, I love that book, but exactly the same as you, I'm a ginormous Batman fan, and lately the scores for Batman have been total shit from me because I just don't like what's been happening there. This is no different. It's just not there. It was all fluffernutter and peanut butter, and that's kind of gross. Batman annual hey, 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 sucked. Hey, hey. Fluffernutter is <laughs> good. day, sir. <laughs> you get no fluffernutter. <laughs> <laughs> what about you rob what was uh, your stinker okay. uh so i i have not had a chance to go through joker annual completely yet uh but when i do end up finishing that i feel like that will be my biggest stinker but for now until i have it's detective comics annual it just i it's confusing the hell out of me as to where we're going and i haven't been super excited about a detective book in what feels like ages which sucks because once upon a time it was my favorite book and I, I love a good mystery, and it's it's the one book that you're supposed to be guaranteed a good mystery every month, and it, I just don't remember the last time I had a good one. So this was no difference. Yeah. Detective Comics Annual for now. Well, the Bat Family just got shit on everywhere. Yep. Yeah, some Guano Bomb. Sometimes it's like that. Um I don't have any nominations for the dump list this week. I don't know if any of you guys had any in particular. Obviously, Batman the Detective is ending, so it's not really something we can move. And uh, I don't know that I felt strongly about any others that I really wanted to, to move them away. So, No, but I do want to definitely consider moving Wonder Woman off of the dump list if her next issue from this continues this story and makes it interesting hmm. because I'm all, I'm all for that, but I, I want to say the issue, like the annual story might not continue yet because that looks like it's going to lead into trial of the Amazon. Yeah. So we might not get more of that until next year. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, yeah, just sit back and see, I guess. Sometimes I it's I'm very unhelpful, them. not reading solicits. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that is the end of our show. Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be here next week talking comics, and we hope you'll stop by. Remember to go to notarobotpodcast.com for all of our episodes and our other shows with all sorts of people. But with that, there's only one way that we say goodbye around here. Until next time, be good to each other. And don't be a robot.